You're listening to Earth Lads Roundup. Welcome to the show. This is Earth Lads Roundup. My name is Michael Finelli. I am your host and resident Earth Lad. We are back after a little longer break than usual, you may have noticed. Uh, my 2022 started with catching COVID and then was pretty soon followed by a bout with appendicitis. <laughs> so... I was uh, down and out for a bit there, but we are back with a vengeance. Better than ever, I'd say. Um, If it's your first time here, welcome. Thanks for tuning in. This is an environmental news and information show with a particular focus on the climate crisis. Uh, No guests today, so just going to do a couple headlines and then a deep dive into the California drought situation. And then we'll close it out with a happy part that I'm very excited about. It's all about nuclear fusion. Uh, All right, let's get into it. All right, first headline is a local one. Uh, In late January, the LA City Council voted unanimously to support a ban on new oil wells. And they also ordered a study to help figure out how to phase out the existing wells over the next two decades. Um, So I think I talked about this in previous episodes, but this follows similar developments on the county and statewide level. Um, LA County recently moved to phase out oil production. So that would cover all of the unincorporated areas within the county. And then the state of California is working on creating a buffer zone from oil drilling around homes, schools, and healthcare facilities. Um, There's some legal parameter with this whereby the owners of these drilling ops are protected to be able to recoup at least the cost they spent to get the thing going. Um, I think that makes sense. Uh, We can't shut down every drill site today, but the problem is that we're still approving new gas leases and extending the life of this industry decades into the future. So that's what needs to stop, and any step in that direction is a good one. Okay, and then the other big headline is a national-slash-state one uh, that just came out last week. The Biden administration is restoring California's power to set its own emission standards. Um, And less noteworthy, it's also going to adopt a policy based on California's tailpipe standards for heavy trucking. Um, So this was expected, but is still really big, important news. Um, A quick background on this, if you're not familiar, uh, California had been setting its own emission standards ever since the Clean Air Act was passed in 1970. Um, And as our country's biggest state, many other states would follow suit and use the same emission standards to the point that um, 
it wouldn't make sense to build cars that can't be bought in California and all of the other states. Um, so it then creates this de facto federal standard. Um, and then Trump stripped that power away from California in 2019, but now it's being returned. So we can all breathe a little easier. No pun intended. All right, let's get into the bigger picture. Okay, so for today's bigger picture, I wanted to talk about the California drought because A, there's been some recent news around it, and B, it's one of those topics that comes up in conversation a lot because people are boring and we like to talk about the weather, Um, but no one ever quite, myself included, quite seems to understand um, whether we're really in a drought or how severe it is or what it would take to get out of it. So I'm going to try to dispel some of that confusion today. Uh, So first off, yes, we are still in a drought. uh, And the last 22-year period is now being called a mega drought, which is like maybe not the best name for something so deadly serious, right? Mega drought kind of sounds like a Power Rangers character or something. Anyways, um, this prolonged period of below average rainfall in the American West Uh, since the year 2000 has been the driest period the region has seen in 1200 years Uh, and I know that sounds bad but keep in mind that the methods the researchers used only let them measure back to the year 800 AD so it could be even longer than 1200 years (laughs) Um, previously it had been considered the the worst drought in 500 years but the dryness of 2021 really pushed us over the edge uh so we were beat out all of those droughts since the year 800 of our lord um importantly the the researchers behind the study note that there would have been a drought regardless of climate change but that its severity would have only been about 60 percent of what it has been had we not warmed the atmosphere um For example, they pointed to one of the wet years in the early 2000s and said, uh, without human-induced climate change, that year, I think it was 2005, probably would have ended the um, prolonged drought period. Now, you might be thinking, but what about all that rain we had? Great question. I'm glad you asked. Uh, So here I will take another opportunity to scold environmental reporters and the media at large. Um, because after experiencing a very rainy December, uh, a lot of the headlines were to the effect of, oh, it doesn't even matter, or it didn't even help us. Um, that's not true. It did help quite a bit. Um, we got 10 inches of rainfall in December, making it the second wettest December ever recorded. But unfortunately, this past January and February so far are shaping out to be some of the driest months on record. Um, So yes, of course, the rainy December mattered. Uh, Had it not happened, we would have been in a much worse situation. But because last year was so dry, we're still pretty far in the hole. Um, For example, at the start of January, a lot of the reservoirs and snowpack levels were above average. But because the last two months have been so dry, a time of year that it should normally be raining a lot, 
those levels are back down below average. Yeah, so as I mentioned, climate change didn't cause the drought to begin with, but it did exacerbate and extend the severity of the drought. And the way that the water cycle relates to a warming climate is a little complicated, uh, but I thought that one of the authors of that mega drought study named Dr. Benjamin Cook gave a pretty succinct explanation to ABC7. You know, the warmer it is, the more moisture the atmosphere can hold and the higher the evaporation, the more water it's going to suck out of the surface. And consequently, less snow falls on the surface. We get rain rather than snow. We get earlier snow melt. We get a smaller snowpack. Yeah, so uh, it's not that it's necessarily affecting um, when it rains, but more so what happens to that moisture um, once it falls to the ground. So what does all this mean? First of all, I don't think we should be particularly surprised or overwhelmed. Uh, I feel like we see a lot of headlines like this nowadays, and I understand that these studies are necessary, but I, I think that they need to be put in context for the average reader because it becomes very easy to feel fatigued and numb to these worsening updates. Um, I mean, we've known that we have less water for a long time. Uh, if you're paying attention at all, you've seen pictures of these crazy depleted reservoirs and you've known that this is happening. Um, so, you know, you can get depressed and bummed out about it, but I'm a big no use crying over spilled milk person. And I think we need to take these things in stride and say, okay, fine, this is what we're working with. Uh, so we need to change how we use water. Um, so aside from cutting emissions to limit the warming and just hoping for rain, one thing we can do is establish better systems for capturing stormwater. Uh, a lot of cities are doing this now. Uh, LA has been doing a lot, putting in new infrastructure to capture rain runoff. Um, the city officials are saying they want to source 70% um, of our water locally by the year 2035. Uh, currently, they only get about 10% of the water locally so that's um very ambitious that's the kind of thing that we need to see on a broad scale um and then california is the leading provider of agricultural products in this country which is great uh, but those farms use a lot of water a lot more than you and me washing our dishes so in terms of the water used by the california agricultural community um, earlier this month, a group of legal experts presented a short list of proposals to the state legislature that would serve to update our highly outdated water rights system. Um, so a big part of the problem is that these water allocation decisions are made using historical data of how much water we have or had, and that obviously no longer applies because we've been in an extreme drought for the last 22 years, right? A mega drought. Um, so yeah, they have several proposals. They all sound very commonsensical to me. Um, a lot of it would help to protect the vulnerable communities who have dried up wells or unsafe drinking water due to 
um, lowering groundwater levels. Um, so we'll see where this goes. Hopefully uh, the state legislature picks it up. And then on the individual level, um, some communities, especially in Northern California, are already mandating cuts in water use with fines and penalties. But absent of that, I really don't think suggested cuts are ever going to make a dent. But I do have another idea. It's a pretty controversial suggestion, but podcasters are supposed to be controversial, right? Um, Fines and penalties are boring. I say everyone just gets a finite amount of water to work with on a monthly basis. Um, Get a little tracker installed right next to your thermostat so you can watch the marker go down and see how much water you have left. And, you know, we can be reasonable about it. I'm a reasonable guy. Um, you know, we could, the amount would vary based on your household size and needs or whatever. But the point is when you run out, you run out and you're not getting any more. And then maybe if you're really good about it and you have some leftover, maybe you get a little, uh, monetary incentive. I don't know. Uh, but we definitely couldn't let others just pay extra for your leftovers because then we're <laughs> back at the tiered payer system and it loses that thrilling Hunger Gamesian aspect. Um, I mean, I'm obviously half joking because I realize people would never go for this, but I do think it would go a long way to teach people the scarcity of water. Uh, so like, let's at least get a pilot project and see how it goes. All right, that's it for the bigger picture. Let's do the happy part. Okay, for today's happy part, there has been a really exciting development in renewable energy I want to share. Uh, So earlier this month, scientists made what they're calling a landmark achievement in the world of nuclear fusion. Uh, They more than doubled the previous record for the amount of energy that they were able to sustain. Um, So I'm clearly not a nuclear physicist. I'm not even sure whether that's the correct title for the type of person who studies this, but my layperson understanding is that nuclear fusion is the process um, of fusing together multiple atoms which creates an absurdly high heat and then that's turned into energy Uh, so you've probably seen pictures in movies or something of this big circular metal machine they use um, with like the lighting up atoms as they're going around look it up i'm sure you'd recognize it Um, but it's essentially the same process that powers stars Um, And it is the opposite of the process used in our current nuclear plants and in nuclear warheads. Um, That's nuclear fission, which involves splitting atoms apart. And the reason this is so exciting, um, first of all, it's been considered one of the biggest challenges in science. But more than that, it's considered to be a near limitless source of energy if it's able to be sustained because unlike nuclear fission it doesn't create any of that toxic waste that we have to deal with Um, and the only byproduct is helium now they were only able to sustain it for five seconds but just in that five seconds enough energy was created to power a home for a whole day so Look, this is still a long way out from being a commercially viable energy source, but they've proved that it's possible. Um, 
and there is currently a big um, new fusion project facility being built in France. A bunch of different countries are working on it together. Uh, it's supposed to come online in the next few years. So again, it may take decades to scale this up and or even to get it out the door. Um, but it shows that a fully clean power future is very much within reach. And in the meantime, we just have to continue scaling up the renewable technologies that we do have, um, the solars, the wind, um, and everything else. That's all for today. Thanks so much for listening. My name is Michael Finelli, and this has been Earth Lads Roundup. Catch you later.